right, it's time for another episode of The Tens. I'm Dennis Farrell. He's Tony Colombo. What's up, bud? Hey, Dennis. How are you? I'm doing good. This week on The Tens, you threw something at me. I was I was interested. Uh, set up what today's topic is for The Tens, and then I'll tell you how I set my list up. All right. Today we are doing the top 10 heels from the 1980s. So, uh, yeah, bad guys from basically our childhood. Um, I don't know why, being like, you know, there's so many different wrestling categories, top ten lists you can do, and you can be generic or you can be as specific as you want. And I just thought this, you know, for me and you and, and so many people that listen to this podcast – uh, you know, the 80s are sort of our childhood nostalgia period with wrestling. So I thought it would be fun to kind of go down that uh, go down that road and talk about the bad guys that we grew up with. All right. So here's how I set my list up, Tony. Uh, I held whatever they did outside the 90 or the 80s against them in my rankings. Uh, I, I'm sure you didn't, but you know, cause you said the eighties and whatever they did in the nineties may not affect your list, but I held it against them. So it altered my list a little bit. And I also have to remember them. Like it was easy. I, you know, to put like a Don Morocco or something on there, but I don't, I don't really remember them. I'll be the first one to admit right. that. So I, I left a lot of people off that I really don't remember that, you know, it's not fair if I go back and watch them today on YouTube and, and put them on my list. So I have to remember them, and I left a lot of good people off this list, and I feel horrible. My list is very similar to that because, um, you know, I always make these lists off the top of my head without looking at the right. Internet. And then what I typically do is I'll go back and do a little bit of research, one, to just make sure that, what I'm saying is correct. Like, I don't want to put a, a, a heel that on the eighties list that only wrestled in the nineties or something like that. Um, and just to make sure that I didn't miss anything obvious. And I very rarely make any changes, but I always do that sort of, you know, backup research. But I, I was the very same way, a very similar way. I use, because I do it off the top of my head, obviously I have to remember them, have to have some sort of emotional, attachment to them and although we're talking about 80s heels we're not saying specifically like wwf heels mm -hmm. most of my guys are wwf because that's what i watched when i was a kid so you know it's sort of some guys get left off the list because you know they weren't on they weren't part of the wwf back then um and even though they had great heel careers in the 80s I didn't watch them in the eighties and didn't know about their careers. Like you said, until a little bit later on. So those type of people didn't make my list either. Well, I will go first because you went first. I think the last two podcasts. So I'm going to go first Sounds good. with my number 10. And to me, she, she was a quintessential. Hero. Uh, -huh. uh I, every time I remember seeing her, she was doing bad things. Uh, Sherry Martell, the sensational Sherry is my number 10. Uh, you know, nice. people forget she was the original voice of the Sexy Boy song for, you know, Shawn Michaels. 
she mm-hmm. was, she was the linchpin for Macho Man Randy Savage to turn face and reconnect with Miss Elizabeth, which was one of the greatest moments in WWE history, if you really think about it. Uh, to me, no doubt, she's she she was you know in the middle of so many things from. WCW to the WWF in the 80s to AWA, she has never been a face. Never. And right. Right. And, you know, some of the people she's managed, I mean, as I said, it just goes on and on and on. Ted DiBiase, Randy Savage, phenomenal. So Sherry Martell, the sensational Sherry. Yeah, scary Sherry. Scary Sherry. Oh. Yeah, that's a good. That's a great one. That's a great one. You know, I didn't have spoiler alert. I didn't have any women on my list, just because. Again, you know, I all these names popped into my head right when we decided this was the category we were going to go with, and you know, women's wrestling wasn't as big back then. But in hindsight, if one woman deserves or should have been on the list it's that one so that's a really good one and we should remind people too that uh almost for sure dennis and i will have entries that overlap because we do not compare lists ahead of time so he makes his list i make my list and then we present them here on the podcast and uh you know obviously very often we'll have we'll have the same guys and different spots throughout the list but yeah we don't we don't compare notes ahead of time so which makes things a a little bit more fun i think Mm -hmm. so my number 10 and uh uh my number 10 is bam bam bigelow and he's he's probably he's at number 10 probably just because he wasn't in the wwf i think he was only in the wwf a couple of years in the 80s um so he probably could have been a little bit higher if he would have been around, if he would have been with the WWF and on my television uh, as a kid a little bit more. But there was nobody that looked like a bad guy more than Bam Bam Bigelow with the tattoos on the head and just just big and mean. He just looked like a bad guy. He just looked, he just had the, the perfect look. And then you've got, you know, he's as big as he is and he's doing moonsaults off the top rope. Um, so that, you know, he definitely made an impact, but, uh, but yeah, I think his short stay in the WWF in the eighties sort of hurt him a little bit. So that's why I got him at number 10, uh, at number nine for me. And I'll make this one quick. It was Bobby the brain. Heaton. uh, when, when you think of bad guys, heels of, of the eighties, even more probably the nineties, but the eighties was kind of where Bobby the brain. Heaton was, was doing some of his best work from, as I said, AWA, WWF and into WCW. He just, he worked perfect as a heel, an amazing manager. Uh, he, He's he to me he, I, he should be higher, but he's been on a couple other my li- uh, my other lists, which I penalize them for that. I do that. I can. It's my list, so poo on you. <laughs> I penalize him, put him on number nine, but felt like he had to be there. Yeah, no, I. There's no doubt he was in, in the eighties. He was great. I mean, he was the head of the Heenan family, and you know, managed some of the biggest bad guy names in the business. I, the only reason I, another spoiler alert, the only reason I left him off the, I didn't put any managers on my list. 
And I know Bobby the Brain was a was a wrestler and a pretty good one, but he was already not wrestling anymore, at least on a national level mm-hmm. in the 80s. So I left him off for that reason. Okay. Um, but again, my list, and I can put whatever stipulations I want on it. Some You want to put managers? That's fine. I didn't put any managers. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'm not arguing with you. My number... My number nine is another guy that uh, suffers only because of limited exposure back in the 80s because my only exposure to him would have been um, on TBS and the early days of WCW when when they were sort of crossing over from the NWA to the WCW, and that was Abdullah the Butcher. And much like Bam Bam, he he's on this list because of the he he's low on the list because limited exposure when I was a, a kid, but made the list because even as a kid, you realize that this guy is messed up with his the scars all over his head, and then they had that chamber of doom match where he's getting electrocuted i think that was in 90 or 91 but you know he was obviously around before that he feuded with sting you know in the late 80s and sting i've was probably my favorite wrestler of all time so um abdul the butcher just because i mean the guy used to stab people with forks for god's sakes um so he made the list but he suffers because he he wasn't somebody that i saw a whole lot when i was a kid i like it uh my number eight uh a guy who was one of the longest reigning nwa awa champions for like 360 days when you think of heels and a guy that has never really been a face Kurt henning mr perfect made my list at number eight mm-hmm. uh he in my memory and i think we made the joke a few weeks ago which i stole from someone else was he turned hill while being hill. If you remember some of the things he's done, I mean, you thought he was a face, and then he turns on, you know, Ric Flair when they were hills, mm-hmm. and he ultra-hilled. I, I, I don't know what did the evolution of hill yeah. from hill to super hill, but he right. <laughs> he never did anything good. AWA Championship, uh, you know, two-time WWE Intercontinental Championship. Uh, what is it, five-time? Gosh, he just... Everything yeah. he did was bad, and even in the 90s, but we're focusing on the 80s, and when you think of 80s heels, you think of Kurt Henning, Mr. Perfect. You're number eight? Absolutely. No argument there. That's a that's a great one. I will say this. I, Bam Bam Bigelow and Abdullah the Butcher are the only two that didn't immediately, like within the first 60 seconds of me putting together this list, those are the only two that didn't immediately pop in my mind. So the rest of this list, I mean, I know we're only at number eight, but the rest of this list could almost, for me, be in any order. So I I, I put them in, a, in an order for a reason, and I'll explain that reason, but everybody else on this list to me is just a huge names and it just perfect embodiment of the wrestling heel in the 80s. So my number eight is Jake the Snake Roberts. And the reason he's number eight is sort of like what you were saying, you know, your stipulations that you put on a list. 
I have always loved Jake the Snake, even when he was a heel. So it's hard for me to put him at number one or two or, you know, in the top five or whatever, even though that's probably where he belongs. I just always loved him. I never looked at Jake the Snake as a bad guy. I always rooted for Jake the Snake. I always thought he was the coolest dude in the ring. So he, but he absolutely deserves to be on this list. And he did. He was a face for, you know, he had his face runs or whatever. But if you look back, the majority of his career, he was technically a heel and just absolutely brilliant at it. So he's on the list. He's at number eight. And the only reason he's being penalized is because he's he's always going to be a baby face in my book. <laughs> <laughs> nope, nope, good, good. My number seven, which I guarantee is not going to be on your list, the Taskmaster, Kevin Sullivan. This wow, guy, that's a good one. This guy scared me growing up. I mean, everything from the Taskmaster, Taskmaster to the Dungeon of Doom to, mm-hmm. you know, if you go in YouTube... Uh, Florida Championship Wrestling. He played a devil worshiper. I, I was yep. this guy scared me growing up in a young kid in Georgia. Was seeing some of his early stuff. That I mean, whew, I, it's scary, scary stuff. Even in he's still yeah. doing basically the same gimmick now in ROH. He's still around. He's still doing the evil, sadistic borderline supernatural Kevin Sullivan master of the dark arts uh, gimmick as a manager in ring of honor wrestling to this day. Wow. So you get no argument from me. Your turn. My turn. All right. Um, I have, uh, have to keep picking up my list cause I'm driving. <laughs> yeah, that's well, my number seven. Yeah, I'm always driving when we do these things. It's ridiculous. Uh, my number, my number seven. He's still a heel to this day, and a great follow on Twitter. The man who dropped the title to Hulk Hogan, the Iron Sheik. Nice, cheeky baby. The Iron Sheik, still a heel to this day. Whenever I think of '80s wrestling. You know, he had the the cartoon, remember? Yep. And those those early days of, like, animated, where they would have the cartoon characters on different merchandise and stuff, there was a couple of guys that were always on there as heels, and Iron Sheik was always one of them. He was, he was a bad guy, even, you know, he was even a cartoon figure bad guy back in, when I was a kid. So, uh, Iron Sheik, like, again, he's... Uh, these names, the rest of my list is just, to me, just every, every single one of them is legendary. So uh, and it's, it's hard to put them in whatever order I did, but that's where I put Sheik at number seven. Well, my, my, uh, number, my number six now is a little off the reservation. I kind of grew up on the at t- tail end of you know AWA wrestling. And when I think mm-hmm. of bad guys and, and guys who scared me, and I even told a story about I even got drunk with the guy once, which is fun as hell. I, I have to go with the original king, Harley Race. I mean, this guy, even you know, popping up in the WWE or WWF I, from 86 to, I guess, 89 for a little bit, 
he was he was a scary character. He was a bad bad dude. As as much as I could even say, King Harley Race absolutely some evil villainous things. As I said, go YouTube this guy. One of those guys. If you're not yeah. a Harley Race guy, I I mean. You were both St. Louis guys. You can find them almost every night, it seems, at the uh, at one of the, the St. Charles Casino, uh, allegedly. Uh, um, but, you know, pull, play, play him. <laughs> no, play. he still has a wrestling school here. I'm in St. Louis. Dennis is in Detroit. I'm in St. Louis. Harley Race still has a wrestling school just north of St. Louis, about 45 minutes to an hour in a little town north of, of, of the city. So he's still, a, you know, a part of the area's wrestling community. His school puts on shows here in town. Um, he had a school for a long time at the Lake of the Ozarks, which is a big tourist destination a couple hours outside of Missouri. So, yeah, he's he's a hometown guy and a legitimate tough guy. Mm-hmm. Like, legitimate, just old man, strong, tough guy. Um, so I love that pick. Your turn. My number six yep. is Mr. Perfect. No, no, uh, no explanation needed. You covered it earlier. Mr. Perfect was a heel. He was one of the first people that popped into my mind. He was a heel that turned on heels, just like you said. Yep. He, he was never a good guy. I don't remember him ever being a face. He was always a bad guy. He was tremendous in the ring. He was tremendous giving a promo. Uh, he was tremendous at every sport he played because he was absolutely perfect, and all, he, all you had to do is look at the vignettes to prove it. Um, he was he was great. He was perfect. He was he played that character perfectly. He played that that role perfectly, and absolutely belongs on this list. So I got perfect at eight. All right, number six. My number six. I want. I only knew him as a manager. And he was, just, I think, if not a better wrestler than a manager, but the classy Freddie Blassie. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I, I this is your five, isn't it? Yes. Not six. You're five. This is my right. five. Uh, you know, right. if, 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 I knew him as a manager, the cane and hitting people. He, to me, was the first real heel manager, even before Bobby the Brain Heaton. Uh, he, he was, to me, what they all wanted to be like. He was perfect at being a hill. I, I loved everything he did from a manager standpoint. You can go back and watch what he did as a wrestler, and he was even more dirty that way. Right. Yeah, that was a great one. Again, I just didn't put managers on my list, but I can't argue with that. My number five is, I'm going to guess it. I'm going to make a prediction here. My number five is your number one, and I have no argument whatsoever if he is your number one. All right. Because, again, my five here, they could just really be all tied for number. They're basically all tied for number one. I'm gonna, My number five. I'm willing to guess you're wrong, ahead. but I'm willing to guess you're wrong on this one, but okay. Okay. All right. My number five, Rowdy Roddy Piper. Didn't even make my list. Hot Rod. What? Didn't even make my list. Didn't even make your list? Nope. All right. Well, then we've got we've got all kinds of issues with your list. Then, if Roddy Piper didn't make your best heels of the '80s list, no. the guy was in the main event of WrestleMania one. For God's sakes, wrestling Hulk Hogan and Mr. T, no, and he legitimately hated Mr. T. No, I, and they I, had a le- they really punched each other at WrestleMania two. <laughs> I listen. I get it all. He's an amazing heel. Uh, he's one. He he's he'll always be one of the best. But 
I I wasn't watching WWF at that time religiously. Right. And okay, all right. And and to me, he was the main bad guy in the cartoons. He was the always. He was. I he was the first main bad guy. Like when you think of Transformers, you got Optimus Prime and Megatron, right? Yeah. Uh, What do you think of He-Man as a little kid? He-Man and Skeletor. The first big bad guy of the wrestling world for little kids when they started marketing to kids and making cartoons and toys and everything, Roddy Piper was the was Hulk Hogan's main foil. I've got and no argument. So that's but here's my problem. If I put him on my list, I'm a poser. That's the way right. I feel cuz All right. All I, right. He, well, if he's you, my number 5. If you were to ask now me I'm, Now I'm dying to hear the rest of your list. It, but if you were to ask me who are who are the top heels, you know, list-wise, I I tell you that, but unfortunately, I wasn't a big fan of uh, you know that kind of stuff. My number 4 though. All right. All right. My number four, as hypocritical as I sound, is the honky tonk man. Uh, when I think of bad guys I, and greatest intercontinental champion, I think of him always hitting people with the guitar. Uh, as I said, you know, I I don't I did yeah did the Miz ever eclipse him for inter, intercontinental? Did he pay? Yeah, did he go? Did he pass his uh, his record um, as far as days with the title? I don't think so. I I think that's. I, th- I don't think the Miz did pass him. I think that's still something that is held by uh, the Honky Tonk Man. And I will I'm gonna say this too, that is the the first one that you've put on the list that I am ashamed that's not on my list. I, I when you said that I thought oh God how did I miss that guy? I did not get Honky on my list and I should have. That's a great one. All right, what's next? All right, what am I up to here? We're up to number four. Oh, okay, yeah, number four. Again, these guys are all tied for number one at this point. Uh, my number four is Ric Flair, the Nature Boy, Ric Flair. Okay. He was, he was, you know, like I said earlier about my love for Sting. Um, he was the he was the guy that brought Sting into everything. He was the one that gave Sting his career, and uh, you know he was. He was just the ultimate bad guy in the in the in the 80s. I mean, he was the ultimate bad guy his whole career whenever he was heel. But um, you just can't you just can't get any better than Rick than Rick Flair. So this, this may be again. the only wrestling podcast where someone's pumping gas as we do a pump podcast. <laughs> listen, listen, I'm a busy guy. I, I got things no, to no, do. No. <laughs> I thought you'd be more impressed. I knew what you were doing. <laughs> I know you are. I, I'm trying to do it as incognito as possible. You did a great job. Um, you did, great but yeah, uh-huh. but yeah, yeah. I am pumping gas, unfortunately. But uh, but I mean, but yeah, Ric Flair. I mean, he's he's the he may be the greatest heel of all time of any generation. So he's on my list at four. My number three. You've had him on your list, and I have to throw him on mine, as you said. One of the best follows on Twitter. You know, the Iron Sheik and. What what made me put him so high is the Iron Sheik was the only guy to take one of the greatest American heroes that we've ever had in Sergeant Slaughter and turn him heel. Right. And that's that's why I put him so high for what he did to you know, I mean, come on, Sergeant Slaughter was a G.I. Joe for God's sakes. 
Well, and, you know, with, with Iron Sheik, and I didn't mention this earlier, I mean, he was the first guy I can ever remember, uh, you know, that would spit on the American flag. Mm-hmm. That would, you know, his whole thing was America sucks. And when you're, when you're, you know, a little kid, when you're less than 10 years old, and, you know, you're saying the Pledge of Allegiance in class every day, and then you're watching a guy on television patoo on the American flag and talk about how Americans are lazy and Americans are evil. Um, I mean, you just, yeah, it's just perfect, a perfect heel. He did. He knew exactly what he was doing. It was great. Well, that's, uh, what's your number three? My number three is Andre the Giant. <sighs> that's a tough one. I went so, back and forth. Didn't make, didn't Andre didn't make your list? No, nope. you're selling me. Yeah, because he was a good guy, to, too, to me. He was a good guy, but he was he was a bad guy in the '80s, and he was you know WrestleMania three and mm-hmm. ripped the cross off of Hogan's neck and made him bleed and Piper's pit and yeah. uh, you know just the, just. You know, WrestleMania three, that's probably the most iconic wrestling match of all time. There's a great top ten list, best matches of all time. Um, you know, and he was the heel in that. He was the bad guy in that. And that, you know, that was one of the things that really just exploded wrestling and to to everybody. I think even more so than WrestleMania one. Uh, so yeah, I had to put him had to put him on the list. And you know, he went on to be he had a lot of years as a bad guy at, at the end of his career. You know, when he was teaming with Haku and he was part of the Heenan family and, you know, him ultimately flipping back to babyface at the end of his career was awesome. Um, but, yeah. Yeah, I just feel like he just... I, I feel like when I thought... Again, he's just one of those names that when I initially thought of this category, he was one of the first names that popped into my head, so he had to be on the list. I like that. My number two was kind of a takeoff on one of yours, but you know, how do you put one without the rest? The original Four Horsemen. Oh, I mean, my first exposure to them was when they attacked Dusty Rhodes outside of a bar or, or this, you know, center stage in Georgia and breaking his ankle and his hand and slamming it in the door and driving off and beating them and then watching them just go crazy on Magnum TA and breaking Ricky Morton's nose and injuring the late Nikita Koloff's neck and just, just, I mean, they were the first group of people that really got to the road warriors. These were the baddest of the bad dudes. And to me, when I think of heels, it's always going to be the original four horsemen. Yeah, I, I, the only reason I didn't put them on my list, I put, obviously put Flair on the list, but um, I didn't put teams. I left, I left factions off because I, I was really close to putting the fabulous Freebirds on this list. Mm. But I decided, just for my own reasons... Not to put any factions or teams on the list. That makes sense. So, yeah. Yeah, I grew up, I grew up in a, uh, I, I had an aunt that loved the Von Erichs, had pictures of the different Von Erich brothers in her, in her house. I mean, like, <laughs> like and, you know, so the Freebirds uh, being the, the, the big, the big uh, bad guys to the Von Erichs. 
they they were somebody that I thought of, but I just decided to leave to leave teams or factions off the list. Okay. So, uh, what Your are we to my number two? So yeah, so here here we go. This is for me. This was nearly impossible to pick these to decide who was going to be number two and who was going to be number one because they're both just interchangeable to me. They're the two names that came to my head first when we decided to go with this category. My number two is going to be Rick Rude. Great one. He is the embodiment of 80s heels. He, he, was, he did everything he could to insult the audience, to insult the, his, his opponent. He was part of the... You know, he was part of the Heenan family for a time being. He was one of those guys that was always he like Mr. Perfect, just a career bad guy. And, you know, oh, how about all you St. Louis sweat hogs keep the noise down while I take off my robe and show the ladies what a real man is mm-hmm. supposed to look like? I mean <laughs> just brilliant. Just absolutely brilliant. Putting his opponent's wife's faces on his crotch. I mean, how could you do? How could you be any more of an asshole than that? Pardon my language. Sorry, no, no, but no. I mean, come on. I mean, that's just that's just great stuff. I, you know, I had him on another list, and that was the only reason why I kept him off. But he deserved to be on a list, so I'm glad you have him on there. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I guess keeping with listening to you bury my leads, my number one was probably the greatest faction of all times, the Fabulous Freebirds. I mean... Ow! Yeah. Oh, I didn't mean to do that. Sorry. Yeah, I know. What that... I'm shocked. I am shocked. I thought, when you said you didn't have Roddy Piper at number one, I would. I was willing to bet the farm that you and I had the same number one. But we don't. I grew up watching, as I said, NWA, WCW, and these guys were never... We're, we're never a good guy. Bad Street USA. I mean, here in a time of racial tension, these guys would come out to the ring with the Confederate flag painted on their face. Mm. No, I'm not saying mm-hmm. my, my views are the same as theirs, but that Hill Tactics, phenomenal. Uh, and, I mean, they have the greatest you know tag team rule named after them. Uh, I mean, the, the free yep. rules. To, to me, the the depths that these guys went, if you have the network or YouTube, just look up the fabulous Freebirds. P.S. Michael Hayes is still maybe one of my top all-time favorite wrestlers. I the, He just oozed bad guy and, you know, 80s out of shape, but he got it done. And the fabulous <laughs> Freebirds, man, I loved them. Still to this day, maybe one of my favorite all-time tag teams. So it's your number one, buddy. He was Michael Hayes was bar fighter fit. Yes, he was a legitimate he was, bad guy. He had a he had a, like a beer gut, not a huge beer gut, but like the beer gut that was solid. Like his stomach was solid, but it was round. Southern you know, thing. it wasn't it wasn't cut. Yeah, and the hair the hair was beautiful. And like you said, anybody that wants to. What does it mean to be a heel in wrestling? Just go watch Michael P.S. Hayes do his thing. And that's what a heel is. I I, love it. It's a good one. I felt legitimized, by the way, when you started talking about the Freebirds, even though you left them off to your list. And here we Mm -hmm. are, one and two, and you brought them up. I felt like you would accept them being my number one at that point. 
Absolutely. I would have, you know what? I would have accepted just Michael Hayes <laughs> being on this list. In fact, him and Honky Tonk Man, retrospectively, I would like to take Michael Hayes and the Honky Tonk Man and replace Bam Bam Bigelow and Abdullah the Butcher and make my top 10 list be the most perfect top 10 list there's ever been. Um, my number one, I am shocked. I am Dennis Farrell. I am shocked because I know how much you love this guy. And I know how much you, you agree with me in this guy's importance to wrestling, particularly as a heel. I'm shocked that he's not on your list. My number one, can you guess it? No, what is it? The Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase. You know what? I wanted to put him on. I, I really did. But once again, you know, I've, I don't want to have all my lists staying the same. I've had him in a top five of greatest theme songs. I think I had him as, you know, <laughs> I think we did a couple others, and he's been on like three of my lists. And yeah. to me, yeah. uh, we both know he should be on the list, but he was just a casualty of being overused. For me on him and, him and rude when i thought of 80s heels him and rick rude were the first two guys that popped in my head million dollar man another one of those guys like rick rude like mr perfect was never anything but a heel never had a face run mm-hmm. never had a face turn he bought his he bought his way to the top he bought his opponents he bought his own title i mean he bought he bought the world title you know, he bought the war. He won the world championship off of Andre the Giant. Uh, and this servant. guy was just a perfect a no, no pun intended, but a, you know, just a, just a perfect wrestling heel. And so, you know, it was between him and Rude. But I mean, when I look at my list, seriously, Andre Flair, Sheik, perfect. I mean, all these guys could. I could make an argument for all these guys to be number one, but um, but yeah, but Rude and DiBiase were in my mind immediately. I I kind of went back and forth on which one I wanted to put at the top, but in the end, it just seems like Ted DiBiase's career. I mean, and Rude, Rick Rude, the same way. It just seemed like these guys were around forever, and they were bad guys at the highest levels forever. Uh, you know, they just they just had these massively long careers at the top, always bad guys, never a face turn. Um, so that's how I justified putting those guys at the very top. Love it, man. We had two great lists. Tony, uh, we're on our way out. What? Uh, where can people find you? You can uh, find me on Twitter at TonyColombo971. We mentioned a little bit ago that I'm in St. Louis. I work for a radio station here called uh, FM News Talk 97.1. We put all of these podcasts on that website, 971talk.com slash Columbo, my last name, 971talk.com slash Columbo. So if you're not listening to this podcast there, you can. You can find every episode there. And uh, I love it when people reach out to me, talk wrestling, um, let us know what you think of these podcasts, our lists. Uh, you know, we do our, our SmackDown and Raw review show as shows every week. We do um, pay-per-view, preview, and review shows, and we do these top ten lists. And so we're trying to get out all this content to you as much as we can. It's a brand-new podcast, and we're just having a whole lot of fun. So however you find us, uh, we appreciate you listening, 
And uh, again, follow me specifically on Twitter at Tony Colombo 971. And my partner, Dennis Farrell, how do they follow you? You can follow me on uh, Twitter at Dennis77Farrell, F-A-R-R-E-L-L. You can go over to our Facebook page, Smack Talk Live. Uh, like that, be a part of the community. A lot of great chats. I throw out questions. We post the podcast there. You can listen straight from there. That's kind of if you're not a Twitter person, your one-stop shop. Uh, you can ask us questions or you know request a show. We, we definitely take those. So we appreciate you guys listening. Tony. That was a very good note list we did, and uh, I guess we'll see them later, huh? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. That was a lot of fun. Uh, appreciate everybody listening, wherever you're listening at. Uh, keep an eye on that channel. Like I said, we'll have another episode of Smack Talk Live for you guys up very, very soon. Uh, our next show, if you're listening to this, if you're getting these brand new, we have our weekly review coming up in just a couple of days, our weekly SmackDown Raw review, uh, which is always a lot of fun. I'm, I'm really worked up about Raw this week, um, as I am just about every week. So that's going to be a lot of fun to talk about. And uh, yeah, just for Dennis Farrell, my partner. My name is Tony Colombo. This has been SPAC Talk Live, another episode of The Tens. We appreciate you guys listening, and we will see you soon.